0: in the difficult times we've been living facing turmoil with the pandemic racism and socio-economic distress art rises as a breath of fresh air at times translating what we have difficulty putting into words at times magnifying social and racial issues that can no longer remain overlooked but always as a powerful tool to process reality today we explore the role of art as an educational process as a social struggle tool and we talk about how you can begin to explore the creation of art yourself.
1: Welcome to Conversations from the Leading Edge, a monthly radio show and podcast featuring interviews about extraordinary advances in the area of peace and conflict studies happening at or around Columbia University. Each month, we feature interviews with scientists and thought leaders who are conducting groundbreaking work aimed at managing conflict constructively and sustaining peace both locally and globally. This show is sponsored by AC4, the Advanced Consortium on Cooperation, Conflict and Complexity at the Earth Institute at Columbia University. And now for today's show.
0: Hello, welcome. I'm Mari Zelato, your host for this episode. And today we'll be talking to Marisa Gutierrez Vicario, the Founder and Executive Director of Art and Resistance Through Education, the organization known as ARTE. This is an organization that helps young people amplify their voices and organize for human rights change in their communities through the arts. Marisa is a human rights activist, an artist, an educator, and an advocate for youth. She holds an MPA for the Wagner School of Public Service at New York University and an EDM from the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Currently, she serves as an adjunct lecturer at the City College of New York in the Art Education Department. Welcome, Marisa. It's great to have you. Yay.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure.
0: So uh, our idea today is to talk a little bit about how art is related to this moment that we're living right now. So I just want to start by um, asking you a little bit about Arte. So can you tell me what it is, what it does, and, and why you started it?
1: Sure. Thank you so much. So um, as you mentioned, you know Arte works, um, it's a community organization, works to Uh, build and amplify the voices of young people using the visual arts. So, a lot of the work um, we've done in the past is thinking about um, how can young people create art in their communities that brings awareness to the issues that directly impact them and other people. So, uh, a lot of the work we've worked with community centers, we've worked in public schools, we've worked in jails, and all thinking about uh, how do we we realize human rights, even if it feels disconnected to them, how do we realize human rights um, for themselves and, like I said, the other members to add to that so I first started Arte several years ago now it's always been a dream um, to me for me I've always kind of existed at the intersection of like am I an artist am I an activist you know and for me being able to to really intersect those two um, was a really important to me I started Arte a few years ago and I was working actually with another organization a smaller organization on human rights education and working in communities, especially in Brooklyn. I remember um working in Brooklyn and thinking about I, as I worked with young people, they they recognized and they understood they had human rights and human rights were important to them, but there's still like a, a really huge disconnect, right? So the the idea that like um oftentimes I, I saw young people thought of human rights as something that the, only for the UN, only for lawyers, only for academics. So Incorporating the arts as the mechanism was one way to make it more um, accessible to young people, especially in communities that have uh, little or no access or um, to, to to art education and human rights education in their own schools and in their community uh, communities or organizations. So it was because of that disconnect and a wanting to to bring young people together to create something um, for themselves and and for people around them. That's where Arte first started in terms of uh, everyone should have access to human rights. Um, And also I think one other thing is too, that a lot of people, especially in the US, not just same people feel very disconnected from the US for a lot of specific reasons. So it was one way to, even though we are a human rights organization, it was one way to um, use a specific framework of human rights um, through creativity and imagination. Um, and that only that the arts can bring.
0: After all this work that you've been doing, uh, you come from the arts. And so what is the the role of art in perpetuating some ideas and also in challenging some established ideas? Because art plays an important role there, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's one of my favorite things to think about. Um, And this is not just arte. This is, I think, so many different artists, especially right now, have always thought about Using the arts as a way to reimagine the world um, and not as it could be, but as it or as it could be, I should say, and not as it is or it ought to be. So I think the arts have always played that role in, in envisioning, you know, what justice could actually look like, even though it sometimes feels like it's so far away from us and. Um, and you know one specific example that we're seeing quite a lot of, especially, is around prison abolition and defunding the police. So, so many um, activists, so many artists have been using art as a way to reimagine the the very concept of imprisonment. We can use this time to rethink what are consequences for people's actions, you know, that are not primarily punitive. And so, so I think art plays a huge role in that. Um, the other thing too I'm seeing is art allowing us to have a more critical examination of what the human experience is to begin with, and like what that means. Which I think is super, it's it's no easy thing to think about, but I think art is a little opening, a little window to, to the human experience. So I'm personally very interested in, in a lot of the work that we do is thinking about, like, again, uh, along with mass incarceration, but also immigration. So, and again, good art also thinking about like what it means when community members, when immigrants are harmed. And I, I think art is, allows a more human. And hopefully humane way of thinking about what are the consequences of inhumane laws or you know actions or things like that, and allowing people to connect on the one to one and like um, as much as possible and like seeing seeing the harm done from another person's eyes, not just from uh, policy or just or from things we see on the news or the media, but also um, like so a more personable kind of way of looking at the effects of immigration and why people leave and and you know what happens when families are torn apart. So more of like, what does it mean to rethink, feel, reexamine um, through another lens and a new perspective? And art, thankfully, allows for all of that to happen when it's done responsibly and when it's done just creatively and thoughtfully. And so, yes.
0: We talked about how human rights sometimes seem so distanced, but art sometimes has that same feel, yeah. right? Like uh, only like this huge artist, important, famous person can do that, but... How is it that uh, you connect art to people who are not thought as artists initially so yeah. you were talking about immigrants and and um, incarcerated populations so how how do these marginalized groups and individuals build their agency and resilience through art and how um can they be connected to that and how to how to make this connection and make it more,
1: more closer to people I think this is more general and I think in terms of all the programs that we do with art and everything that we work on we are Working on how to empower young people to feel like they are artists, even when they aren't. Um, so I think that's one way. The idea that like anyone can create art, and obviously like I'm glad you mentioned like that concept of higher high end art, because I think a lot of young folks, and including myself, like was it's only important if it's in a museum. It's only important if it has a thousand or not a million likes or whatever like that. So I think through the creation of art, we're trying to break that down and. For me, it's a win so long as we know or tell or can, we can feel or young people has expressed that they are doing the best that they can. I think that is most important. And with art, day especially, like you know, I love the work we do. I love the the students we've worked with, and I try to make it very clear that it's not just about the final product. It's never it's never about the final product, um, but it's the process in which we engage young people to think about the issues, and that that to me personally is like even more important than the final product because it shows that through the arts. And with the arts, they were able to to create something very thoughtful and and sometimes very thought-provoking. So, to answer your question, I think it's a way of like breaking down the concept of who does art belong to, what is art, and, and that was also why we chose to do public art too. Is the idea that like you know um, this is not art that is just again hung in a particular area that people have limited access to, but it's something for everyone in the community to enjoy. Pass by, um, and the streets itself become the canvas of folks. So, and, and that's not a new concept, but I think. Tearing down and or, or re examining the very concept of art itself, I think, is one of the first things we like to do with students in our program.
0: And do usually people uh, feel intimidated by that? Or, I mean, because there are also um, ways in which art is present in, in young people's lives in different ways, like graffiti or drawing, or do you use that in, in the work?
1: Yes, yes. And also, I think we could also do a better job of doing that. When we think about art, too, like there's art, like innovative things in fashion, like I think oftentimes fashion is seen as like a very, again, high end. And also, you know, it is an argument to say like fashion or industries are also tied to capitalism and things that we're trying to fight against. (laughs) But I think that there are a lot of, yeah, like you said, like graffiti, um, spoken word, like all these different things. So bringing examples of that to young people, to people, but also creating a space where young people can make those connections for themselves and bring it into the space. One thing we also like to do is like, you know, reexamine, like, what do you see in the street that reminds you of art or looks like art in your own community? A lot of times I've seen where young people are like, oh, there's not art. art," And there's also that is true. And also there's art that they don't necessarily consider. And we're trying to have them reexamine that too. So I totally agree with you. You talked about how art
0: is, making art is a process that can be educational in the way you're you're talking about human rights education. Then the art is public. So it's an individual process in the the process of making the art, but it is public in the community. So it's also a process for the community itself to um, engage with that piece of art. What is it about art that helps us unpack such difficult topics? So it seems to be a lot of potential there.
1: No, definitely. I think the one, one of the most important things is thinking about art as a tool of self expression, which I mentioned, but also I think that's a very important thing to mention. Um, for a lot of folks, especially thinking about the racial injustice that has been in this country for such a long time uh, mass incarceration, like I mentioned, immigration, you know, the pain of sub- such issues is often so hard for folks to hold, I think, or too, often too much for words, especially those who are directly impacted. In some ways, that pain, might even be inconceivable for many people because if you're not directly impacted by that. So I feel that art is one way that young people can express themselves, even if they don't have the necessary words, you know, there are other ways that they can draw or, or, or kind of think more in depth about these and, and the pain that they might experience. It's interesting because before the pandemic and and after and until these things change, we talked a lot about, for example, we talked with a group of young students about mass incarceration. And we talked not only about mass incarceration, but we talked about what happens with with children in in the system and really, really serious heavy things that directly impact these young people who may share some of the same identities. We were talking also about young people who were destroyed by these systems, literally destroyed by the system. So I think what one thing that we we did with with them is like creating a space where they could draw or you know express themselves. and I think that is the beauty of art. you know, like some of the things that they wrote on a paper or you know were able to convey that those spoke, like a picture is worth a thousand words or, or yeah. So that's, the, that's the thing I'm trying to say. So like, um, so that was very, very powerful and, and it was on their own terms. When we, we gave this creative space for young people to do whatever we want, I wasn't sure how they would respond to it. You know, I wasn't sure if it was enough guidance or I wasn't, but they actually took it into to the different levels I never had thought of. And, and they had connected it so beautifully with human rights. So um, creating this space together, creates this judgment free zone that really can have really beautiful effects because you know, it's a space where these really difficult, painful, traumatizing topics can be unpacked.
0: Great. So I think in your work, you end up confronting difficult issues like uh, social issues that are important that need to be looked at. And right now we are living what some scholars are calling a triple pandemic. So you have racism and social inequality that are pandemics that have been around for uh, they're structural, really, and now there's COVID nineteen as well. How do you think art can help us navigate those issues and the hardship that some are experiencing? Do Do you have um, examples? Are Are you working on 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 projects right now as well to deal with those specific issues?
1: Yeah, definitely uh, can share. As you mentioned, the racial uprising during this time during the pandemic has only elucidated social inequalities of our communities and the d- disparity in terms of which communities were more directly and more devastatingly impacted by COVID, in, in my opinion. So with all this in mind, I think good art at least does, it calls attention to this and it brings this it brings to the public attention. So I think we're seeing a lot of interesting and important art coming out of this time period. And I think also we'll see more of the effects for years to come in terms of what kind of art comes out and what the true effects I think will, will linger on. First off, I think people have been more brave. There's people who have always been brave, of course, like by, you know, I want to honor that, but brave in terms of or feeling like they can express themselves a little bit more. Like we see murals on the streets with Black Lives Matter in front of the White House. We've seen all these kind of things pop, um, also pop up on social media. So the idea of, um, which I'll explain a little bit, like the idea of like social justice creation culture. So we're seeing... Like a greater reliance on digital art um, on social media to bring attention to this triple threat, as you expressed, these are really really exciting things, and you know people coming together and people uh, using their creativity in 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 ways that are uh, responsible and safe to bring attention to these issues. So I think it's it's very powerful what's coming out, and also I think especially with these examples that I just gave, like the idea that we also need to be more cautious. So there's also a downside of this, right? So like I mentioned, the painting of the murals, they're really incredible, but of course they're not enough. And for many people that goes without saying, but I think it's important to acknowledge to that, that like along with the murals, we also need to push for policy. And I think people do understand, I think that organizations, I think a lot about the movement for black lives and um, are doing that work and pushing for policy. So I think that is really important and, and, and important for artists to continue to support this work. The second thing, what I mentioned about social justice curation So I mean, you know, uh, on Instagram or like these like really heavily curated content that people often share to break down very, very complex issues into, you know, easy, like more palatable kind of um, graphics or like design. I'm seeing a lot of that. And, you know, for Arte, you know, we actually want to figure out ways for young people to gain the tools to create that as well. And that's some of the projects that we're working on in in terms of thinking about uh, art making, public art making, making in the digital realm. And also we want to make sure that we don't have people sharing misinformation or not doing their own research or, um, you know, thinking that is, it is enough to merely just share these graphics online and then you're done for the day, right? Like it's like, it's more than that. So I think with the art, I think art is complex in itself. It can be used to bring attention to this complexity, this triple pandemic, because it allows for nuance and complexity. You know, those are two main things I've been thinking a lot about. And then, like I said, in terms of our own organization, thinking more about, okay, now we have this moment in time that we can support young people in their continued journey for activism and, and social justice and racial justice. So what are some tools that we can give them and support them so that they can, again, not only just share content, but again, create content and responsible content and content that will actually lead to, to concrete change.
0: But about this, um, the, the fact that we are isolated due to the, the COVID-19 pandemic... How do you think that um, this isolation have impacted our access to art? And, and how has our access to art changed in this
1: moment? No, that's a good question. And I think if hopefully this answers your question too, is I think in some ways the same communities that are, are currently isolated from art and hasn't really changed at all, right? So I think a lot about the students that we work with in their communities and mostly, if not always, like support communities that don't have access to art in general. So that might be in schools that don't have um, an art teacher or that might, or like an actual art program, or that might be incarcerated students. So I think with the pandemic, in some ways it's, it's the same. They're still isolated. They're still disconnected from art, art institutions. I think this iso- isolation has only been exacerbated, um, you know, while, especially in New York city, while a lot of art, many art museums, hire institutions of higher art, I guess you could say, are free, um, you know, others aren't. And like young people, those young people may not have access or, or they never had access to them, right? Or they, they may not have been, many have in terms of school programs, but there's still quite a few that haven't. And it, it doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or not. There's still this, again, isolation in terms of art, in terms of being disconnected. So the other thing is too, like, you know, um, with the isolation, there's been, again, higher, heavier reliance on internet and, and the, like the digital realm. And, you know, I think it's really, really important to mention while a large majority of young people, especially in New York City, have access to the internet, there's, there are many households that don't, right? And I think that there are attempts by the Department of Education and other folks to ensure that young people have access to digital uh, remote learning services and also even the internet. Again, many households don't. So, you know, I think this is still part of the isolation of young people to art, So to, I mean, to, to basic education. For this year. Our organization, we do want to continue focusing on the digital realm. There's still there's a lack of access, and and this is and this is in New York City, like and around the world, it's even worse. You know, what I mean, and, and those are challenges for sure. And I think it's only responsible and fair to to make sure that we don't forget about those and then forget about the, the young people who uh, remain disconnected.
0: Do you have plans in in your organization on how to do your your work in this new setting?
1: One thing that we're trying to do, I think this is a greater opportunity for us to focus on more of the organizing components that we often maybe haven't had as strong in, in in the work we've done. So again, you know, we've worked with young people to create art and do really incredible things. And also I think, especially given this political moment and and seeing that there's a need for young people to be able to continue to challenge their their energy, whether it is on the streets or in larger scale, I think um, you know, so for us thinking about how to really support young people who may not have identified as activists or organizers before to give them more concrete training and tools and things like that. So that's, that's we're having. We're creating a plan to do that and more of a, more of an intentional training for young people so that the art that they create, they are creating art and they are learning how to share this practice with others. And they're also trying to come up with mechanisms for like concrete change. So part of that is like the digital curation. Part of that is like also actually working with other people that they might not have seen as allies or as part of their, the, the, their work. You know, one other thing that I'll mention to them I'm, I'm proud of and I, you know, I had spoke to you a little bit about this too, is like, also we're trying, along with this, we're also trying to amplify the value of young people's work and labor. So one thing we're doing is even um, as a small organization is being more intentional about paid internships for young people. So we're raising money to ensure that happens. Um, and I think that's significant, you know, for young people, uh, 16, 17, 18, um, depending on who it's open to, to, to that age range and a little bit older youth, um, that's significant. That's also one way of saying that, like, yes, we value and your work and we want to make social justice organizing and, and work, uh, available for everyone and anyone who wants to do it, not just folks who um, have the privilege of doing so. So those are some things we're working on, um, and, you know, and, and the, I feel like our community members have really responded very positively because I think these are, even though we are a small organization, like, we can encourage our larger colleagues and we can also hold ourselves accountable um, to living our actual principles that we talk about all the time.
0: Great. And what suggestion do you have for people at home who want to be more connected to art, but also who want to be more connected to art in a, in a way of, of thinking about social change and engaging with social issues?
1: Well, I'll start with... In terms of social change and social issues, um, one thing that we've been doing a little bit more with Arte, and, and since really since the pandemic, since the pandemic, I felt like people, and definitely with the uprising, I feel like people have been, so many people I think have I've seen, and then also have reached out to me personally, I was like, you know, I want to contribute, I want to support, I want to do this, but I don't know where I can begin. So I think with Arte, we've created at least... Um, on a very uh, more superficial level, but that it's still, I think important is like, you know, what are some concrete tangible actions that people can do a minute or five minutes or whatever during a day and, and recognizing that's not enough, but that's still a start. Cause I think people get overwhelmed. It was like, I want to do something. I want to do something. I don't know where to begin. So that's one thing we've been spending really a, a significant time trying to curate kind of actions and in um, very concrete actions. Also, uh, making it very accessible, but also understand that people can. We invite people to always do their own research and always like question and try to find what activism is most important for them on a local level. So that's one thing we've been doing. So we call them one minute actions. The idea that we all have the capacity to to take change, and we and we all are busy, and we all have families and things to, to worry about, and we can also take a few minutes minutes of the day to make change. So that's one and opening. And if people want to take that further. You know, there's so many other opportunities to do so. The other thing is too. You mentioned about art and being connected to art at home. I've been thinking a lot about that as well. Um, I think you've seen a huge like um, surfacing of like YouTube videos and do-it-yourself videos and all that kind of stuff, which I think are good, and I think that can be very tiring for folks. You know, a lot of screen time, a lot of uh, tutorials and things like that. Um, So I think one thing that we have been trying to do and and Integrate a little bit more into the workshops that we offer, which are also like digital, of course. um Is thinking about like, especially with young folks or folks that don't have access to art supplies. Because I, I, I'm always have art supplies all the time. Like I just my whole room is full of art supplies all the time, and I forget that I take that for <laughs> granted completely. So, um you know, working with people to, and especially as I'm, as I mentioned, I teach at City College, so I'm going to need to rethink that. There's we don't have an art supplies room like we did, you know, because everyone's working from home. So, you know, really. Going through lists and asking students to kind of brainstorm: What are some things that are art that you can use in your household? And like kind of re like repurposing, reimagining art supplies. It sounds simple, but I think you know we have especially in households you use so much cardboard and recycling and things like that. You know, even those kind of things can be transformed into something artistic, I guess. So and so creating kind of um, spaces where people can talk about how they use and repurpose materials and also also kind of rethink about what is in their households. Again, as I mentioned before, this is really important because the arts have always been the first to be cut and and, and even p- before the pandemic. Uh, and then this situation is not different. So I really also am encouraging folks, you know, on the individual levels um, and, and also with like prompts and, and things like that, just for folks, if they want to stay connected to artists, like practicing as much as they can. Um, like, I think a lot of it is like, as like exercising or building muscle, like you're also building your artistic muscle and doing that. And like a lot of people are really, really hesitant to do that. Like, and, or they feel like I, I wasn't born an artist, so I can't do this. And and throughout our time and throughout my time as an educator, an art educator and with Arte kind of pushing back on that and saying that, no, like you, we all can, we have the capacity to create something, you know, ask people to draw. There's art challenges, like drawing prompts, like I mentioned. And especially, you know, given this intersection of human rights and social justice and art, like, really asking people, encouraging people to create art around the issues that are most important to them and the art that like, I think the issues that keep you up at night, I think are also really important too. So, um, I always like to share the story. Like I had, my nephew is like at, when he was five, he came up to me and he's like, I'm not an artist. I'm only five years old. I'm a bad, I'm a bad artist. I don't know how And and I always joked with him. I was like, you were five years old. Like you don't. Like you, you don't know what you're good or bad at yet. Like he hasn't had that chance, so I think that starts at a very early age that we can't do something. And for some reason, I feel like a lot with the arts. We often say the arts, artists, and there are very, very talented people since the day they're born. But also, it's just like a sport or other other skill. Like we have to practice it. So I really encourage, especially at time at home, even again, even if it's a few minutes for people to do that, because we all, I think we all are creative in our own ways.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I feel it's difficult sometimes to try and find a bridge between what we're feeling or thinking and and the paper or the reusable materials or the wall. I mean, the place you're going to work with. So that can be really challenging. Okay, thank you. So I hope our listeners um, are inspired by your words and your suggestions of exercises. And maybe they can connect to not only making art, but also thinking about social justice while doing that.
1: Definitely. Thank you for having me. Feel free to visit our website, artejustice.org. And yeah, thank you.
0: Sure. So you can have access to the links of um, Morris's work and Arte's work in the description of the podcast. And okay, I think that's it. Conversations from the Leading Edge is sponsored by AC4, the advanced consortium on cooperation, conflict, and complexity at the Earth Institute, Columbia University. Rachel Kirk is our communications supervisor. I am Mari Kazalat, the producer of this podcast. The music for this show was written and composed by Kevin Johnston. Additional music from the Blue Dot Sessions. Follow AC4 on Instagram and Facebook at AC4Colombia to get constant updates on issues around sustainability, peace and conflict. That's all for today's show. See you next time.